Campbell Graham here from the Bunnies. You're listening to the Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Brent Chappell, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs: Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's well, going boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are we all? Oh, not too bad. Great. I'm slowly recovered from that weekend down there at Mudgee. Yeah, it was big, wasn't it? Oh, it was big. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Boys. Only four days away till round one. Yep. We're recording here Sunday morning in the Albert Street Studios. Yeah, it's going to be a monster clash with the storm. Thursday night opening the season. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But what's on the show, chaps? Okay, we're going to recap that charity shield up there in Mudgee. Got an interview with uh, former South legend Gary Wright, who came in studio. Rabbitohs news. Remembering a Rabbitoh this week is Ian Moyer, and we're going to preview that giant clash there against the might of the storm. Okay, on the top four podcast last week, hello and the boys, another great show. They gave me a bit of a roast, so we'll just get the writer reply out the way. Now, I'm not going to bag hello, I'm not going to bring up. The 89 semi when his kick got charged down. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously. But you just did. But I just did. <laughs> but seriously, LA was a great mate of mine. We've been mates since we were kids, swimming in the Botany Swimming Club. He's a great bloke and a great friend of the podcast. Now, on the top four last week, they actually rated their top four pommies that they've ever seen. Was it top and four or top eight from LA? It was a top eight from LA. I think it was six. Six. But So the usual guys and, you know, the best... For mine, my best pommy ever was Sam Burgess, best I've ever seen. But LA mentioned the Welsh Wiz Brownie, which was a bit out of left field, but we both played with him at the Dogs, and he's a great player. Yeah, definitely. He's up there with some of the best pommies that have come out here. We had the opportunity to play with Jonathan Davies at the Bulldogs, and what a player he was. Well-balanced, a great runner of the ball, he played many a big games over there at Wembley. I remember used to watching him play at Wembley and carving the Aussies up. And not only was he a good player, he was a great goal kicker as well. And a champion bloke. Spoke Gaelic. That's I think I've said it before on the show. I never realised that Gaelic was a language he didn't understand. It sounded like Italian. But I also remember one time I walked in the dressing room and the Wizard just had a delivery of witness jumpers, flash witness jumpers. And I said, oh, Wiz, can I get one of those, mate? And he says, oh, yeah, me, boy. He said, well... I'll swap you that North. I had a North jumper on a dirty old North jumper, so I couldn't get it off quick enough and swap, <laughs> and swap him for the for the witness uh, jersey. So, and I've still got that to this day. And whose North jumper was it? Oh, just, John John MacArthur. Oh, I got it off. A, I swapped it off. Bloke at Kerry Bostead. Yeah, it could have been. And in other news, we've been talking to the Wiz about becoming 
a global ambassador for us and that looks like it's going to happen and that would be fantastic because he's such a well-respected guy in the UK, played rugby union, played rugby league and, and commentates on both sports. He does. He's the, one of the main commentators for the Challenge Cup on the BBC over there. The BBC have got the rights for the Challenge Cup games and he's one of the lead commentators over there. And the Wiz mentioned to us a little while back that he's keen to come out here and do a speaking tour and he'd have some great stories, so that might happen down the track as well. Now, moving on, we need to tell people to make the switch to the new Rabbitohs Podcast Network. We want you to share our new episodes and show people how to subscribe to the new location. And how do they do that? Well, basically, you've got to follow the link that we've posted in the show notes here, or just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, search Rabbitohs Podcast Network, and then subscribe or follow at the new location. Now, there's no need to unsubscribe from the old place. Our old shows will remain there. But, yeah, we need you to tell people about moving to the new location and sometimes physically do it for them. So, so it's did... a new platform, the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. Correct. And you need to subscribe and follow there. And I did it for my dad, grabbed his phone and said, oh, here's where the new spot is. He listens on Spotify. Click follow then each new episode is automatically downloaded to your handset. And we need people to do that because we want to build our listenership. That's the whole idea of coming across to the Rabbitohs. And the bonus of that is that you get four podcasts, including the top four podcasts, each and every week. So it's very important for the listeners out there to do that and also rate and review. We know you've probably already done it on the last platform, but we need for you to do it on this platform. It's very important for us to get them rate and reviews up. Indeed. And speaking of global ambassadors, we'd like to announce that we've appointed Luke Chica Carroll and Scott Brooks from Wollongong as our newest ambassadors. Now, Chica's a great fan of the show. Legendary guy. He's been on Play School, I think, for 20 years. He's, he's acted in movies. But more importantly, he's a big fan of the show. He loves the podcast. He loves the rabbitos. Oh, he loves the rabbits. But also, he's an Indigenous man, a proud Indigenous man, and he can be a link for us to Indigenous issues whenever uh, Indigenous round comes up. So, yeah, he's going to be valuable to us, and we'll be sharing some of Luke's causes that he's passionate about as well. And also, Brooksy Chaps, we've met him at a few different games. He's a mad South fan, and when we asked him to be a global ambassador and tell his friends all about us, he said, well, I'm already doing that. So, and we said we know that, but now it's official that he's our man on the South Coast. So we're still looking for a few more global ambassadors there, Mavo, in different parts of the country and the world? We are. Now, we've got Chaps' man in, I think it's Austria, still hasn't got back to us, or Norway. Tony done. We will get hold of Tony eventually. Yeah, if you're listening, Tony, we're waiting on you to get back to us. We need a man in that European block there. What about New Zealand? New Zealand's another big one. So... We've got Benji on board now, so if there's any Benji, Marshall and Rabbitoh supporters out there from over the ditch in New Zealand, hmm. Fakatani. Yeah, exactly. But we've also got Jackson Paulo, Stephen Masters. We've got some Kiwi connections and some brilliant Kiwi players coming through the lower grades as well. So I'm sure there's some people listening over there. So yeah, we do need to find someone in New Zealand. We might be like a, an X Factor or Australian or New Zealand Idol type search, but we'll get someone. And also, boys, this week we've had a meeting with the membership team at the Rabbitohs and also the game day team, and we will be hosting post-match 
functions in the members lounge. Now, if you're not sure where that is, it's over in the northwestern corner. You can get full strength beer there and a little bit of different food. And and at the end of the game, it would be fantastic if we've had a big win over the Chooks. Come up, we'll have the live press conferences. We'll have a special guest on board. And it's something not to be missed, boys. Giveaways? Giveaways. We're going to give away a signed game day football, I think, of that first home game against the Roosters. So, so if you're a member, make sure you stick around for after the game. It's only a half-hour event and a lot of good content there. Like you said, chaps, we'll be able to see Wayne live in the press conference, get his thoughts after the game, and a big special guest to be interviewed on stage. Probably a good chance um, if you have parked in the parking out there, you know, it can be just log jammed. Give him a chance to filter yeah. it all out, and then by the time you get back there, you're straight up. Yeah, You'll good be idea. Home in 20 minutes. I was yeah. going to say that, chaps. Yeah, yeah. great opportunity to yeah. let everyone get out of there and. We'll all be there at different stages. Sometimes chaps will be going to the press conference. We'll be me and Brownie hosting, or we'll just in a, we'll mix it up a little bit there. But that's going to be a great thing. And if you're not a member, please contact Rabbitohs on their website, rabbitohs.com.au, and follow the prompts on the membership. To the membership. Let's move on to the Charity Shield. And just before the Charity Shield, I spoke to our global ambassador in the USA, Ryan McGee, the Virginia Tech Hokie, and... He's got the Rocks Across the Pond podcast, our sister show. And he reported that the Charity Shield was on Fox League in the USA. He's just sitting down to watch it. So that game went across the United States and the Seppos got to oh. see... Oh, Co- the boys in action. Oh, they Co- love to see Co- Cody Walker. and Latrell carving it up. And, yeah. Wow. Hey. A couple of supreme athletes there, boys. A few Tom Brady's in that side. Yep. And also our other global ambassador, Mrs. Beck Eakin from Port Macquarie, was in Mudgee. We didn't catch up, but she shared some photos with us, and uh, we'll have to catch up at the next one. Beck, and thanks for your support. Also in the grandstand at Glen Willow Stadium, we sat down behind Sean Garlick and his wife Sam and Steve McDermott, and the three of us are sitting there talking about the game, and at one stage Sean turned around and said, oh, it's like I'm watching the footy on Fox League with the commentary from the Rabbitohs Radio podcast team. A little well, bit humbling, but... Well, yeah. were you that good, boy? Oh, don't know about <laughs> that. Oh, mate, we're, you know. Could be the new continuous call team. Anyway, uh, also a bit of cleaning up. Last week, I was talking about Blake Taff, and I called him Blake Taff, which I know is wrong. I don't know what I was thinking. And in Mudgy, I was talking to his dad, Darren, and his uncle, Brad, and we all had a laugh and said, oh, I called him Taffy. Well, it's Taffy. So if you listen to mate, sorry about that, and I won't get it wrong again. And just on young Taffy... We bumped into Cody Walker the morning after the Charity Shield and he's got high praise for young Blake. He said at training we're all in awe of him and he was having a good game in the Charity Shield too until he had that terrible injury where Farmer Wano landed right on him. Yeah, just on that injury, I spoke to Taffy at the Rabbitohs season launch Friday night. on Friday night Yep, and he's had a bit of a procedure on it. Uh, no, no operation but a stem cell procedure. And he reckons he'll be back in six to eight weeks. So we'll, we'll see him back. Maybe but even earlier. A young bloke like that. He'll, he'll get right. Yeah, so it was a great trip at Mudgee. We're going to talk about a few highlights that we had down there. And also, if you want to go down there, you can book with What If. It's Aussie for travel. At the Oriental Hotel in Mudgee, I bumped into Ryan Smith. And he said, Mavo, come over here. I've got a story for you. He said, my dad, Albie Smith, who played for... The South in the President's Cup in 59 
he once told him that he saw this front rower called Steve Maven playing for the Rovers, scoring all these tries. I said, oh, tell me more. <laughs> and he said, the next year he got a shock. I saw you playing centres for South. So you've gone from the front row for Rovers to the centres for South. So I said, yeah, thanks for that story, mate. Any more stories about me? Send them through. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, and also another great story. We were walking down the street in Mudgee and we saw our mate Killer Kelso. And he was walking with Frank Curry, good mate of the show. And he told us that they bumped into Mel Jones and she told him about us featuring Ivan Jones last week on Remembering a Rabbitoh. And she started crying because at the start of the show, we used the Ivan Jones audio. And you know, that's the first time Mel had heard her dad's voice since he passed away. So really, I got a bit choked up when I heard that because I'm so happy that Mel was happy. And also Katrina was really happy as well. They loved the fact that we featured their dad and we feel like we did a pretty good job. And if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and listen to it now as standalone content she, or listen to the show. She was pretty chuffed, wasn't she? Mel, give us all a big big hug there in the foyer of the Oriental Hotel. And uh... and also, if you haven't seen our website, go onto our website because there's so many great photos that there of Ivan Jones and probably some that you've never, ever seen before. Yep. Mavo does a tremendous job with the webpage on our website, rabbitosradio.com.au. And also, yeah, I put up Ivan singing the South dressing room song as well, which was quite touching. And, and I've been speaking to Mark Sivers from the South Sydney Rabbitohs Almanac, and he's got some further news on that song that he um, found a bit more history of the song. So we'll be sharing a bit more of that later. What about the races, chaps? Uh, Kieran, who paid $1,600 for the Charity Shield tickets at an auction at the races a couple of weeks before uh, the Charity Show. Tell us about that. It was late last year, yeah. Kieran and his missus went up there to Mudgy Races and there was a charity auction on there and and he won. He outbid everyone for these Charity Shield tickets. Now, I think they weren't just tickets in the grandstand. There was, he got to go on field and up in the, up in the commentary box with Warren Smith and Blocker Roach and all that. So, anyway, I was talking to him about that, saying that's got to be a, it's got to be an Australian record for playing for a, a trial match in a professional sport. And happened, Ello and um, Shannon Donato happened to be walking past. And I said, come here, boys, tell him this story. So Shannon was quite chuffed by the whole thing. And it looks like he's going to try and look after him with a game day experience um, at one of our home games in the next few weeks, boys. So Very nice. And they were very grateful too. And Kieran's wife, Lisa, sent us an email and thanked us and said that Kieran was so stoked to meet you boys and... She said that she's feels he feels like he's one of Chaps's good mates now, and and he is because Chaps is a man of the people. And what did he say, Chaps? He thought he might he'd love to move to Maroubra if he had the chance. Down the bra, he said, "You're living my dream." You know, well-known figure down the beach there. You get to surf with blokes like Johnny Sutton and Rennie Matua, um, week in, week out. And he goes, "If I wasn't living in Newcastle, I want to live in Maroubra, just like you." Two oh three five. We'll tat him up, don't worry. We'll scar him up when he comes down. What about the shake? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to train him up on the shake. <laughs> yep. Loyal uh, listener, Kieran, keep up the good work, mate, and we'll definitely catch you in Mudgee next year. Also, speaking of Mudgee, we've just written down a few places here that on the trip we recommend. Now, Corey Murray told me that the Zinn House Winery was very good, their favourite one down there. And it's right next to the Low Family Winery that we went to last year, Brownie. So next time you're in Mudgee, 
Check those out. Also, we got highly recommended the Fog and Denny Bed and Breakfast. What about Robert Oatley? The Robert Oatley Winery too. Yeah. And Conne- a connection with the Rabbitohs? The Rabbitohs. They're a corporate partner of the Rabbitohs. Chaps, Beverly House. Got some big raps from... Well, a friend of um, my wife was staying there. Her and a partner. Gary, shout out to you, Gaz. Matt's house fan. He's from Cowra. Anyway, they stayed in Beverly House. It was built in 1860 by um, some famous builder that come up from the city. Him and his son ended up building the, the bridge. It's there today in town in Mudgee. And they had all photos of him. And it was just... It had been completely restored from the original build in... 1860, boys. So that's, that's one to have a look at. I know, I know I've spoke about this before, but what a great town Mudgee is. Mm. They rolled out the red carpet. It was, they were so welcoming, all the people up there, weren't they? The, the yeah. food's unbelievable. Some great cafes. I mean, we had breakfast with Tom and Julie Burgess down there and uh, Julie's partner, Gary. And, you know, it's just um, it's a great town for the Charity Shield to be involved with. And we're there for the next couple of years. So much character, the old buildings. You stayed at the park for you the year before, and that's the high ceilings and just everything about the place is special. Yeah, that was an old bank back in the day. There you go. And we also stayed at the Ningana Motel. It's right across the road from the Oriental Hotel. Now, that's a different sort of quality to the Beverly Houses and that, but for us, we loved it. You walk out of the door, you're straight at the pub, you're near the restaurants, you know, you're close to everything there. So I had a look on the What If app, and yes, you can book the Ningana Motel through What If. So for your next holiday, what if it's Aussie for travel? And in the lead-up to the Charity Shield, they were showing a lot of the old replays of the old games going through year after year. And the 2002 edition is Darren Brown in the blue shirt. So tell us a bit about that, Brownie. And there was a story about what happened at the end of the game. Yeah, there was. Uh, 2002 was our first game back. Uh, the Charity Shield, there was about 40,000 people there. It was electrifying as a player, I'd just retired and there's no better way to soak up the atmosphere to be out there as a blue shirt runner and you know, amongst all the emotion and all the feeling uh, with the game. And So I know exactly what Johnny Sutton's going through at the moment. He's just retired himself and he's still getting amongst it out there. So it was a night to remember because I think it was 20-all towards the end of the game I think we had an opportunity to win the game the hooter had gone and Mark Riddell might have kicked the ball out on the full right on the hooter and I was running out there to tell the boys to take the two well 50 out but you probably had to have a have a go at it and unfortunately I got out there a little bit too late the emotion and they went for a field goal and we missed it but I think we end up retaining the charity shield because we might have won it in 1999 when we got kicked out of the comp that year. That's about right. It was a real worm burner, wasn't it? I think 16 worms were killed on that <laughs> attempted field goal. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and chaps, you've uh, heard some news on a doco that might be getting made by the Rabbitohs. Yeah, I was having a chat to our producer, for the Rabbitohs producer, Matt Lucas, a great bloke. Grew up in New Zealand. I was having a good chat to him on the Friday night at the Orient Oriental Hotel, along with a lot of the staff who were all there, just mm. relaxed and having a good time but he's working on a documentary on how we got kicked out of the comp and the readmission and it looks like it could be on Amazon Prime or something like that it just it, we'll see who we'll see who grabs it but that's something to look forward to in, in the future and he, while he was up there he interviewed Ken Sutcliffe 
the mayor of Mudgee. The mayor of Mudgee, oh. the unofficial mayor of Mudgee. But um, he got to interview him, I think, in the captain's run, and just about his memories of when we got kicked out and all that sort of stuff. And he ended up finding some uh, footage of him announcing when we got kicked out and announcing when we got um, readmitted on Channel 9. I think he found that with um, South historian Brad Ryder. He's the one that sent it to him. So, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a good one coming That'd up. There's some great sports documentaries out there. The one on Michael Jordan was unbelievable last year and Sundal Until I Die. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah, yeah I've but, seen you know, that one. There's, there's, there's plenty of different ones out there. But, but you know what? The Rabbitohs deserve one and there's one coming your way. So let's move on to this game recap. The brilliant performance in the Charity Shield. The team started 21 from 21. They were perfect in the first half, except the only drop was you in the stands, Brownie. Yeah, well, it was. The old kick for touch, Renault kick for touch, and the ball was coming my way. Had me hands full. Can of beer in one hand. I don't know what was in oh, yeah, there. No, yeah. Yeah. In one hand, you had your can of beer, your phone and your glasses, and, yeah. your, and your other hand was free, and it bounced straight off your chest, yeah. down into the front row, and Garlo had the presence of mind. The old crafty hooker got up and scooped it up before it hit the ground. Before it hit the ground, yeah. yeah so that, so that's a complete. And you were very disappointed, and I said to you, look, you had one of the great fullbacks of all time, Rod Maybon, sitting right next to you. He should have just moved to the side, and Roddy would have just snapped it up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I don't like dropping balls, but uh, nah. unfortunately that one was... Uh, Hopefully it wasn't on camera, but... Hey, I don't like dropping them either, so let's just move on. Yeah. <laughs> and, Brownie, how did you see the game? Oh, look, I thought they were outstanding. Um, like you said, Mavo, 21 sets from 21 in the first half, and that's how you, you want to start a game. I think the first 10 minutes, we were in the arm wrestle. We were set for set. And as a team, you know, when you're in the dressing room before the game... All you're worrying about is your first five sets. Let's complete our five. Complete your first five. And and we did that. Um, I think St. George, about the 11th minute mark, made an error. And then we just pounced. And after that, uh, we just went on a try-scoring frenzy. They look clinical. I know uh, some individual brilliance with Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker. They were unbelievable in that, you know, that first... 40 minutes and the first five tries come off the back of Tom Burgess play the balls boys mm. I thought he was outstanding oh, in that first was. 40 minutes getting us going forward him and Junior and, mm. and Cam Murray just really dominated that uh, middle third of the field boys did. but also those set plays where they do the second man second man create the overlap mm. it was just on point mm. and if they can hold the ball and execute like that all year we're going to win a lot of football games and go a very long way in this competition. Their, their pass selection was spot on. You know, they threw it to the right person every time. Adam Reynolds and, and Cody just squaring up their defence. Uh, it looked like a training run, basically. Good, he was good, Adam Reynolds, wasn't he? He mm. was the only one that had a hand in in the first four tries. Mm. Just just his, his ability to put Cody out in space, you know, and take a defender out of play was, was a feature of the first half. And uh, I, I thought he was brilliant. I know... Cody and Latrell will get all the headlines, but um, don't don't underestimate um, Adam Reynolds in all those first half plays, boys. Mm. And like you just said, chaps, all them players, all the try scorers, they get all the accolades. But for me, it was the forwards that done the damage. Just made the space. They they couldn't handle Tom Burgess Jr. and and Cameron, and like I just touched on before, that Tom Burgess he drags about four players in. 
leaves a couple on the ground, and, he and then to they spin just on go. His front, just as he's fallen to the ground, he seems to spin around, and so he can get up and get a nice quick play of the ball. And also in the second half, we went on with it. Like they kept their first squad on. We brought a few of the second guys on, but our second guys had like Joy Arrow, and then Jacob Host, Benji, Benji. Keon scored a great try on the edge off a great pass from Dean Hawkins. So yeah, he's in for a big year as well. Almost yeah, well, a mirror image of, of last year when um, Blake Taft put him on straight well, over for a try. And well, it was, and that's why I Blake who? Blake Taft. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually got the multi with uh, Keon scoring at the death there. You did. I also backed him to score any time try scorer because of that reason, chaps. He scored in yep. that position uh, yep. last year. You were on the money, weren't you? Yeah, you yeah, did Yeah, I was well. on the money. I had Taffy, and when he got injured, I was almost in tears. But also, just a quick mention of Jacob Host. The rise of this kid into this team to now looks like he's going to find a starting role. It's been phenomenal, and we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, it's well, a big we, unit, isn't he? We spoke to Reno uh, at training at Redfern Oval a couple of weeks ago, and he had high praise for Jacob Host. Said he'd come along leaps and bounds, and... Like you just said, Mavo, it looks like he's going to be in the starting 13. And yeah. Yep, he is. And also spoke to my dad, Dick Maven. He loves watching the, the bunnies. And he was impressed by the goat, super impressed by the goat, Mark Nichols. Said it's the best he's seen him play. So that's good signs as well. Yeah, when, he topped the run meters, Nico. He, he, had a, he had a whale of a game, didn't he? He never let you down. Yep. And just also dad was telling me that he worked out he can listen to us in his car on Bluetooth. So he's, he's progressing from not, not having a smartphone a couple of years ago to now he's tech-savvy dad, and, uh, and you can do that too. Put us on the, in the car or when you're going for a walk. You can listen to us here, there, and everywhere on demand. Yeah, definitely. Just on the trial, boys, uh, the Charity Shield, uh, very exciting like we just spoke about, and they're very good. At the end of the day, it uh, is only a trial. What counts is this uh, coming Thursday night. Yep, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. The Monster Clash with the uh, evil empire from the south. Blake City. The Mexicans. The, the Blake City Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to chuff off to a break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Jones. Wright. The dummy from Gary Wright. And floating it out to Nick Scott. Nick Scott going for the corner. He's going to stroll in. Gary Wright was the man who made the try. He beat Sigsworth. Then he took that tackle from Watt, the winger who was obliged to take him, really, and Nisquot had a clear piece of territory to stride in and score for Souths. OK, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got former Rabbitoh, Gary Wright, player number 623, here in studio. Gary, welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Thank you very much for having me. No worries, mate. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Um, my junior football, I was actually originally born in Albury, um, moved to Sydney when I was about 11, um, started playing football. My first year was actually with La Perouse for half a year and then moved to Maroubra in about 1966 and uh, played all my juniors football with Maroubra. Um, I went through to about C or B grade and uh, um, I only have actually played one A grade game from Maroubra, which was, went on as a... Well, one of the guys got injured and I played up from B grade and played 1A grade. We got beaten in the grand final by Alexandria Rovers, which I know one of you guys played yeah, for, yeah. yeah. That was me, yeah. Rovers, <laughs> Rovers, yeah. <laughs> was it the Maroubra Lions back then, was it? Maroubra Lions, yeah. Yeah, it was a great club. Um, we had a fantastic team. Um, we won the competition from J grade through to 
E grade um, every year in a row, um, and then through D grade and C grade, not so good, but uh, we had a fantastic team. We had guys that uh, we, in, in SG ball year, year um, we had 10 guys from our team make SG ball. Um, coincidentally, of the three who didn't make SG ball, two of them played first grade, and of the 10 who did make SG ball, none of them played first grade. Who were some of them players, guys, that, wow. that went on to play uh, first grade? Well, the two that went on to play first grade was Rob Stratton and myself. Okay. And the other and the other ten who made SG ball, not one of them made first grade. Um, and they were some in, as kids, they were great footballers. But it's a wonder. It's it's strange, really. Um, you know what makes some kids they're strong as kids and then don't go on. I, I don't don't know why that would be, but it's, it's quite a strange ratio. Mm. Tell us about growing up in Hastings Street. Hastings Chif- Avenue, Chifley. Mate, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, it was a house full of kids. Um, the, the most, a lot of the harm, homes were army homes. And my dad was a, in the army as a soldier, a sergeant and a soldier in the army. And uh, there was a what was the old tip across the road from the cemetery that's now sports fields. Um, well, as kids, when we were kids, it was a tip. But we would just go across there, come home from school, throw the bag in straight across the road. And play, uh, play, you know, like hockey, Laura, rugby, whatever you wanted to play. It was just fantastic experience. Um, we had some great kids in the street, like Russell Fairfax lived five houses down from me, and uh, Dub Sillen was down the street a little bit further. And uh, one infamous person that we may not touch on, but anyway, that was just yeah. a great. Uh, it was a great street to grow up in, and, and I've got um, three brothers that are all relatively close to me in age, and uh, so we just had an instant, um, you know, group of mates that could just you know play together all the time. Some great games of footy there, mate, with uh, Ferry and, mate, and Ferry was and an Dave Sutherland. Abs- Ferry was an absolute genius as a kid, as like a great, great footballer as an adult as well, of course. But as a kid too, he's just brilliant. And he played for Rovers as well, as you would know. Mm. Well, we can mention that it was Michael Murdoch, wasn't it? The infamous- uh, Michael Murphy. Michael mm. Murphy, that's mm. right. Yeah, the, one, the infamous. Uh, yeah, he, he ended up. He committed the Nita Kobe murder and uh, then went to jail for for life and. Um, Never to be released and died about a year ago, I think a year or two years ago. Yeah, yeah, and he got what he deserved, died in jail. Yep, so. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and, and as well, as a kid, he was a shit anyway, as well. There you go. <laughs> so we'll move on. Yep. Uh, how did you end up at the Rabbitohs then? Um, I was graded into President's Cup um, a year ahead of myself, like all the other guys were a year older in 1974. And uh, we actually won the competition, and I played only two 10-minute stints in that competition and got a free cruise around the Pacific Islands. So I, yeah. I reckon I was the highest play, paid footballer <laughs> in Sydney at the time. And uh, so that was 74, 75, I captained the President's Cup and at the completion of the 70, we didn't win that year, um, and at the completion of the 75 year, um, I got pulled up into, into grade mm. and played uh, most of that year in 23s and a little bit of reserve grade, I think. And then... 76, um, I got my first grade debut against North Sydney. So, yeah, 1976, referee was Greg Hartley. You beat Norths 24-3, and some of the players in that team were George Piggins, Paul Sate, Gary Stevens, and Terry Fay. Gary Stevens was the captain. Never forget, he was the captain of my very first first grade game, and they were all, all great players to play with. Um, Terry Fay was a powerful winger, if I don't know if you're a, Bit, bit like you, Steve. <laughs> very, very, very powerful, but a very powerful. And like Terry, from my memory, 
Terry didn't do much in the way of strength exercise. He didn't do weights and, and that sort of stuff. But he was just naturally, like a country fella, just naturally strong and, and fast. Freakish talent. Mm. Did, did any of the team do weights back then, guys? It, it, was, it was at the time when it started to come in. We did do a bit. Um, I actually remember doing weights at, at home as well. Um, but but nothing to the extent that it is is today. It mm. was you know like still a secondary thing, it, and some did it and some didn't. Mm. Um, uh, who was the very good defensive footballer from Balmain? I can't think of his name. He you could see he Neil was Pringle. He was no he he was in the he was at the front of getting you know the super fit and and and, and building up. I just can't think of his name. And uh, he he he, up, he played for Australia as well. Mm. Yeah, and Paul Sadie was a it was a tough man. Sadie was hard as a rock. <laughs> yeah, and, and like actually, I called in on Sadie only about two years ago. Mick Andrews and myself, we're both in the in spa, and uh, we called in on Sadie over at um, uh, the suburb is uh, the other side of Botany Bay. Um, yeah, Colonel, Colonel, yep. and uh, and he's he he was travelling okay. His his wife was there with him, and uh, he's he's not all that flash, but he's still going okay. Yeah, and these guys were your heroes, obviously. Oh, of Jerry, course, like, yeah, mate. Like oh, mate, all, all look. I was when I was coming through as a kid. The Souths were at the at the top, you know. They had, they had the international pack, you know. I mean, if you remember, Paul Sate made the Australian team from second grade. It was just a, a gun team, and it was as a kid you aspired to to get to that level of of, of playing football, and uh, it was just they were just brilliant. And so when I had the opportunity to come through and and actually play with uh, Georgie Piggins and and Gary Stevens and Bob McCarthy. It was just like, wow, what am I doing here? <laughs> uh-huh. mm. <laughs> but, it was, but it was just, just a fan. Look, I, I used to actually just love playing. Um, you know, as it turned out, they, turned out, they wanted to give me a bit of money to, to play. Um, but I would have just played for nothing anyway. Do I used to love it. Mm. I, I can remember being on, on the field in different games and actually used to quite like the defence. And you'd just be tackling and tackling and you'd just think, how good is this? You know, it's just yep. in your head, you just loved it. Nice. Mate, speaking of playing, you played a couple of positions, 5-8 centre. Did you have a yeah, I didn't like I didn't, I didn't like the centres. I, as I said, I was quite, I was quite defensive and, and the further out you get, um, I found the defence more difficult. Um, and so in, in, in tight, I'd much prefer to tackle a big bloke than, than a little fast guy out in the, in the centre. So, uh, yeah, 5-8 was my preferred position. But, um, you know, it, it, we had... You know, things occurred within the team. You know, South brought uh, Mick Patterson from Parramatta over to the team. Um, they brought Rocky Rocky Laurie over to the team. Um, just like every year for about three or four years, they, they brought in a new 5'8", and so I struggled to retain that position um, through until, you know, until they moved me into the centres with Joey Squadrito yeah. a bit. But, um, you know, it's like anything, you know, you, you love the game. You, I, I played in the centres. If I got picked in the centres, it'd be better than, it's better than playing second grade. Well, yeah, we played some audio of you setting up a try for Ziggy Niscot at the start of this interview, and you scored a few yourself. I think your first try was against the Chooks, playing against the immortal Bob Fulton and your mate Russell Fairfax. Yeah, we, Russell and I did play against each other. I remember that. And I, but I don't actually remember the try. I, I, I never even had, never really thought in, in my mind as to what was the first try I'd scored in, in, in first grade. So, yeah. Mate, uh, you mentioned Rocky Laurie before. Yep. Uh, your thoughts on him? Obviously, he won the, the first Dallium medal. Mate, Rocky was an absolute gun player. Um, you know, he just inspired inspired his team um, to to play, and to play with Rocky was one of the, one of the highlights. You know, in, in, in my career, he, he had a great career as well. Of course, with the, with the winning the Dallium. Un, mm. Unfortunately, in, in the last couple of years, they've made a, a bit of a change to that inaugural winner 
of Rocky being the, the Dolly M winner and um, I don't fully understand the, the reasons why but they've decided that I think it was 1979 that Steve Morris actually was the inaugural winner which um, after a period of you know 45 years to to make that change I, I think is a bit harsh and uh, I know that had a, a, a an impact on um, on rock he was, mm. wasn't happy when when that occurred and uh, but, you know it, things happened and, and we just had no control over it and mm. couldn't change it you know why they decided to go back? What's wrong with 1980? What, what was I, the problem I, with it? Like? Grant, I really don't know. Um, they, they, the NRL was saying that, that there was actually, they had the, the Dally M's in 1979 and they had a presentation, which Slippery Morris won. Um, and then in 1980, it became bigger. And, and so they decided in 1980, they would start with it. And Rocky was won that one. Um, but um, why, after forty or something years, they've they've gone back and and, and changed that? I I really don't know. But it, it just didn't it didn't make any sense to me to to do it anyway. Mm. But um, anyway, it's happened and we can't control it. We spoke to your mate Ken Stewart. He said that you he loved you as a captain and you got him out of a lot of trouble in uh, the junior footy days. Ken, Ken, Kenny Stewart is always in trouble. He, <laughs> Ken, Ken, Kenny's a and I great mates. We actually just went up to Mudgee. Both we decided we'd chatted. We're chatting on the phone, and we said, "Look, why don't we go to Mudgee and meet up?" Because we hadn't hadn't quit up for two years or so. Because he's now living on the Sunshine Coast, and uh, so we had we had a chance to catch up for over a three day period at the uh, in Mudgee's. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, we went to Mudgee, and, and poor old Ken drove for whatever it is, thirteen hours from the Sunshine Coast to Mudgee, and didn't get to see the game <laughs> live. He went. We we ended up watching it in the pub. Yeah. We got to the ground, and the and the ground was. Uh, chock a block with queues to, to get in I think because of COVID um, checking and uh, and 15 minutes before the game was to kick off we were still 45 minutes away from the entrance based on the time we'd already been in the queue so we jumped on a bus and we thought well, we might as well go back to the pub and watch it we're not going to get, go, <laughs> yeah, go to see it but two minutes after we got on the bus apparently they opened the gates they up opened and, the gates and, and let everybody in and so like, even guys that got there like um, Keith McCroy another mate of mine he, he got there after like five to six and got straight in straight in yep. so yep. we were a bit pissed off <laughs> yeah we were in the same boat we were in that line and yep. we were thinking the same thing mm. but we battled it out and yeah well, I should have, should have as well yeah I've got a bit sorry you for on you on your own because I've seen uh, Bondi Les Davis yeah Les was there yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and they decided to walk back to the pub too yeah they did but they went the same time as us yeah, yeah but they walked we caught the bus back okay. <laughs> now we spoke to Brad Ryder another good mate of yours oh, yeah. and we asked him about you and he said you had the greatest sidestep he's ever seen uh, and Brad's a lovely bloke yeah <laughs> he is, he's a top bloke see our story and he helps us out on the show yeah and he also said that Steve Rogers was one of your idols yeah um I had one year at Cronulla in uh, 1981. Um, actually, had a two-year contract with with Cronulla. Um, took me three games before I actually got the first grade. I played the first two games in um, in reserve grade, and then went on as a replacement. And actually, scored a try in each of those, and then finally got a run in in uh, first grade um, on about the third game. And uh, to play with with Steve Rogers was just an amazing experience. He was just such a balanced runner. He could. He had a great step. He, he could kick goals. He just there wasn't any part of his game that that was that was weak. I actually remember playing against him one time, and and I, I would try, you know I got the ball at, at from five eight, and he was five eight, and I'd try and step him. He'd just drive me back into the ground. And I, and I was thinking to myself, it's like he knows what I'm going to do before I even do it. You know, <laughs> yep. he was just so good. I mean, he, he's obviously one of the best that's ever been. So yep. And Brad also said that you and Dave Sinclair were his favourite halves pairing. 
under Lurch O'Neill, and then yeah. Jack Gibson come along and broke his up. <laughs> he did a bit. Um, we we still played half and five eight in in in, in some games. Um, but yeah, Jack had a leaning towards uh, Trevor Barnes um, at, at halfback, and and also Bobby Sing- Bobby uh, McMillan as well. Um, both both obviously very very good footballers. And uh, but yeah, Dave and I went uh, had, had a, a played a lot of games together, and and we did sort of. Um, Go get very go, go go very well together. You know, we sort of seem to coordinate together. And uh, you know, it's it's funny. Some players you you go out with, and, and things just happen, and it works for you. And other guys you just don't coordinate with very well. It, and well, Dave and I generally coordinated pretty well. I think you were talking just before the show when you said you were playing a preseason game at a a, a bogged Henson Park, and then it, it Jack was, made the switch just before it kickoff. Was, that, was actually the final of the preseason competition against Canterbury, and so. Game was supposed to be played at the cricket ground. Poured down rain. They transferred the the game to Henson Park. Dave Sinclair was the halfback. Just about to take the field, and Jack says, "Look, I'm going to make a change." And he pulled Dave off from halfback and put Trevor Barnes in, because Trevor's defence um, would have been more important in, in in the muddy conditions that we were playing at Henson Park. And we won the game, and so you you can't really knock the decision, you know. mm. mate. Uh, unlike today, you had to work back in the day. Uh, yep. When you played, and so mm. you obviously you know went to work and then you went to train and, and played on weekends. What was your employment through them periods? Um, back in in uh, when I first started playing grade in um, uh, was it nineteen eighty no nineteen seventy six. Um, I had just finished my um, course as a customs broker, um, so I'm a licensed customs broker. And I was working for a company, and and for the next um, four years, whilst I was playing, I, I worked for that company. And then the year that I went to Cronulla, um, I decided to start my own business, um, which was called Williams Wright Custom Services. And uh, I then ran that business for about forty odd years. Um, but the the year at my first year at Cronulla, um, I actually I broke my arm with about five or six games to go. And in those days, it wasn't. Things weren't done by a computer; it was all handwritten, and I had to get my mum into the to the office to to, <laughs> to do my writing for me and, and things, and it just was awkward. So I decided um, I'd give it a miss at the end of that year, which is 1981, and so I didn't follow through with the contract in '82, and uh, concentrated on on my business, um, which uh, which went very very well. Uh, we built it up um, into a company with staff of about 32. Um, I had a my, the partner was a guy by the name Mike Williams, and my, my brother Steve. He joined the company in '88, and um, him and I worked together for 25 years. Um, people say you shouldn't work with family or friends, but my brother and I did not have one dispute over 25 years, so mm, that was awesome. pretty good. Yeah, and and um, they said the business went went very very well. We diversified into freight forwarding as well. Um, we had some major clients, um, companies like um, Makita, Casio, um, NEC. Mazda, so mm. we had some very good good clients, and mm. uh, they were, were great supporters of, of us for for a long time. Does that business still operate today? That um, company, which and I sold that company around about six years ago now, um, but I still do consulting work for them. Um, that's now called Flint, uh, Flint Worldwide. Um, but it's uh, and it's, it's it, we were very very lucky. We had some with those great clients. Um, we were able to have a very very good business. And 
a sponsor of our show is Export Freight Systems, and I'm sure Ian wouldn't mind us talking to you because he's a mad rabbito and uh, there's no conflict at all there. Sorry, what's his name? His name's Ian McLucas Ian from Export Freight Ian Systems. Ian McLucas, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't... I'm seeing. I don't think I ever came across him in in, the, in business. At yeah, all, I think but, he's um, based up north. Yeah, uh, he's up Port at Stephen. Port Stephen. Oh, okay. Lemon yep. Tree Passage. He operates out of there. Okay, maybe good. some consulting coming up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, if he wants any TCOs <laughs> done, he'll know what that means. We might yeah. get his people to talk to your people, as in Ian will talk to you. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Um, now, you've mentioned Spa before, which is the South Players Association. We also are called the Raging Rabbitohs. Now we've got some people like you on the committee. Some brilliant people like Steve McDermott, Sean yep. Garlic. Yep. Arvin. Yep. Mick Andrews. Mick Andrews. Mick Andrews. Yep. So we're, we're, we're in safe hands. And tell us a bit about how you got involved with that and uh, what that means to you. Okay. Um, to get involved, I got a phone call from Kenny Stewart, who was CEO at the uh, South Leagues Club at the, at the time. And um, he, as he does, got me involved. And then next thing, he's not involved anymore. And, <laughs> and I'm still here. Yes. But it, um, it's been a, a, a great organisation. You know, we've done a lot of things for... for ex-players and, and a lot of things in the way of getting reunions together for, for, for past players and just trying to keep the the, the players from South Sydney together. How um, important is that, Gaz, to, mate, I think, to get them together? Mate, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's important. You know, it's, it's, people can become, as we age, um, be, be, become sort of you don't mix and, and get out as much as you used to and, and you lose contact with people and, and I just think to, to for mental health reasons it's it's great to, to get people back together and, and they can chat with each other and, and just keep in touch you know it, um, I think it's really important You mentioned Mudgee the other day we were all there mm. and that was part of that exactly. organisation yep. Steve an old boys day mm. down there Steve McDermott did a great job um, organising all that for, for any of the past players that wanted to be involved um, it, it all went very smoothly Except the entrance to the yeah <laughs> to the football, but uh, yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's only growing. It, I think it, there was more players there this year than there was last year, and we're look, we're there for the next couple of years as well. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's growing, and um, the, the the more people that get involved, the the, the better. And it doesn't matter whether you're a, a you know a, a hundred game first grade player or, or or you're a two game under twenty threes player. It doesn't matter if you put a jersey on for South Sydney or you're involved in in in. In, in South Sydney supporting, you're welcome to come along to these functions. So if you're a former player listening to this and you're not on our database, then send us an email to rabbitosradio yep. at gmail.com. We'll add you to the database. Or if you're someone listening who knows a former player or is a relative or a friend, let them know because it really is yep. a great organisation and we have some great functions. We have a few a year now and mm. it's we're funded as well. So, yeah, it doesn't cost you any money. Only a couple of events we have that might cost you some money. So, yeah, do that. Yep. And the charity issue is not the only thing we have. Um, we've also got something coming up for the game at Dubbo. I think it's against Penrith this year. And also up in the Sunshine Coast against the Warriors. Yeah, there's, so. there's two away games that uh, travel travel games. And I, I plan on going up to the Sunshine Coast. It'll give me it's a good opportunity to catch up with, with Ken again. Yep, we'll um, be so, there. So we'll go up to, to up to the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, I may not get to Dubbo, but uh, mm. they're, they're, they're all good and, and, and you're you, There'll always be quite a few players there. Well, I've never been to the Sunshine Coast, and I'm really pumped to go up there, watch the bunnies in that mm. stadium, and suss out the area. So that's just an opportunity for for us to do that, and also, and also, if you're listening now, want to book a trip up there? What if. dot com is a sponsor of the show. Jump on there now, and what if it's Aussie for travel? Beautiful, sure, sure is, mate. Now. Might get your thoughts on the 2021 South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now they built a pretty good squad there, mate, and uh, yeah. all run there by 
the King Wayne Bennett? I think Benji's going to be fantastic. Uh, look, he's been such a great player for so long, and uh, he'll just add inspiration to the to the team. Um, I can only I can see him coming as a similar to what Craig Wing did going back quite some years ago as a as a as a fourteen, um, come in come in as a half or as a five eight or maybe as a fullback and maybe as even as a hooker. You know, uh, I think Benji is. is just a, a genius player. You see some of the things he does on the field and you just go, oh, wow, that's, mm. that's freak. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna so t- I think it'd be great for the team. Yeah, we're going to talk about the show a little bit later. He has been uh, named at 14, like you said. Okay, so yep. he'll fill that role, yep. that versatility role. Mm. can play anywhere and even hooker at a pinch, which yep. he, I think he played the other night Come on, as in the charity He finished up at lock at one stage, yep. jumped into yeah, the halves and finished up a fullback. So he sort of... He can play lock as well, for sure. Swiss yeah. Army knife. Shades of the Gary Wright... <laughs> Gary Wright skills back in his heyday. Oh, yeah. but he's better than me. Don't worry about that. Play <laughs> <laughs> a long way. What, what does Gary Wright do these days? Mate, well, at, since um, retirement from, from work, um, I've got uh, three great kids and seven great grandkids and, and a great wife, and, and they occupy a lot of my time. And, and well, no, I've got a very, very, very close family. Um, we've, I've got, they said, the three brothers, and we catch up. You know, we've, got a, we've got a family function this afternoon. Every two weeks, we have a family function as a, as a catch up. I've got a good group of mates down at uh, that we meet at Coogee Beach every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday mornings, and we go for we, we go for a swim. Um, we, we sorry, go for a walk. Then we have a, have a swim, or we go and have a coffee, and go across yeah, across the bazaar and have a coffee, and then um, head off and do that three mornings a week. And the same guys, we play a lot of golf together. Not not that I'm a good golfer, by the way. I'm, I'm a terrible golfer, and but I but I enjoy the getting out with the mates, and 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 I think when you're brought up as a in, a, in team sports, you know, that becomes part of your psyche. You know, you enjoy having people around mm. and that's what I'm like. I just, I, my, my own company I don't handle very well. Mm. Um, I like to be with people and uh, experience people and so that, that works out very, very good for me. I'm very fortunate in that my son and I bought a boat together and um, I've been an avid water skier for most of my life and um, so we go up the river. We're actually going up next weekend up near, south's got a place at um, Lower Portland called Universe. Universe, yep. Junior's, at, junior's on the Hawkesbury. Junior, sorry, junior's, sorry, Keith. Junior's on the Hawkesbury. <laughs> and and uh, we, so we get up get up there probably four weekends a, a year and uh, four or five and, um, and and take all the kids up and, and have, a, have a water ski and the kids wakeboard and uh, it's uh, just a good family life, yeah. Mm. Nice, yeah. Mm. We'll have to get you on Mavo's golf blog for a, for a hit. Mate, you, you, don't, you don't want me on there. <laughs> Mate, I... I'm playing. I play off about thirty-three or something. I don't know. I've been playing for a long time, and yeah. I just. But I just. It doesn't work for me. You know? No, that'd be good because I like putting people on there that aren't, that aren't as good as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say about golf? It ruins a good walk. Mate, but, um, <laughs> I agree, Grant. That's exactly what I find. Sometimes I just feel like, why am I out here playing golf? I just go for a walk. I, I agree with you. Anyway, mate, it's been great catching up with you. Fantastic. And um, thanks for joining us here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. I appreciate the invita- invitation. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks, Gaz. Good on you, Gaz. Good on, on you, mate. All right, boys. That was, that was great to have um, Gary Wright in the studio. And uh, I can tell you what you won't be able to ascertain by listening to it. He was easily the fittest bloke in the studio, boys. Keeps himself in good nick, doesn't he? Yeah, right. well, you heard he goes for a walk probably three or four times a week down there at Coogee and what a champion fellow he is. What a great bloke. And he compared me to the great Redfern Express, Terry Faye. So he's, I love the bloke <laughs> to be mentioned in the same sentence as that. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he just told us before he left that 
we didn't ask him about Redfern. He loved playing at Redfern Oval. And, uh, yeah, champion guy. Thanks for doing that for us, Gaz. And great mates with Keith McCraw. Keith McCraw from the juniors. They grew up together playing footy, went to school together. And Keith's a big fan of the show from the juniors group of clubs. Export Freight Systems. Email ian at efsau.com.au and mention Rabbitohs Radio. He'll take care of you. NG Farrah have forged an enviable reputation for consistently delivering outstanding results. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by The Juniors. This is Rabbitohs News, brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. Now, the Juniors have got a big night on for the season launch this Thursday. They've got Maroon, our mate Maroon, Anthony Maroon, hosting. They've got Scott Geddes. He got under our guard, eh? Scott Geddes, yeah. Maroon? Yeah, Maroon, he did. Yeah, well, he's he's pretty good at what he does, so yeah. can't, can't begrudge him of that. He's a legend, Maroon. And he, no, he's a champion. And he made those ads for us for the show. Whatever we ask for him to do, he does for us, so... Yep. Absolute legend. One of the greats from Great Buckingham Street. Great Buckingham. <laughs> One of the greats from Great Buckingham Street. It rolls Street. off the tongue. And also, at that Thursday night at the Juniors, they're going to have giveaways. Scott Geddes, like we said. And all of March, at all the Juniors group of clubs, Kingsford, Malabar and Maroubra, it's 49% off drinks between 5 and 7 in the evening. So just when you're going to be arriving to watch the footy, you're going to get half-priced drinks. I'll be up there. <laughs> we'll be there. And yeah. also, we're going to be doing shows, as we mentioned before. Our first show will be next week, the following week, when we take on Manly, Saturday 5.30 at the Juniors Kingsford. But we'll also be doing shows at Maroubra and maybe Malabar as well. So stay tuned for them dates. Indeed. We've got some sad news. Chaps happened during the week. Yeah, my, my neighbour, you might have heard me mention him on the show a few times, Bobcat. Passed away tragically on Wednesday. Um, I was a South Sydney junior legend. He wombats, wombats, wombats legend. I think in the seventies he captain coached them to three premierships, which I don't think never had been done before, and I don't think it's been done since, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was a really sad, sad day for for the Maroubra community. He's an old Maroubra legend. He was part of a group of three blokes: Bob McTavish. Bob Pike, who stowed away as 17-year-olds on a cruise to Hawaii so they could go surfing. They were detained by the U.S. immigration and they had to get a letter of release before they'd release them. And they end up being the first Australians that ever surfed the famous wave, Makaha, on the west side of Oahu. So, yeah, he was a legend. Yeah, yeah he was. Some great stories. Sad yeah. day. And yeah. what about last year he found my golf ball with Mavo written on it? At, the, at the coast and gave it to you because he's your neighbour and I got it back and I took a photo of it and I'll share that on the episode webpage as a tribute to to uh, Bobcat and yeah his son Chuck Luke he's a he's a champion and condolences to the family yeah condolences really yeah. to the family yeah. he's a great man and his funeral is this Wednesday the 17th of March at 1pm out there at South Chapel Crematorium also chaps you've got some news on the Centre of Excellence yeah well Todd Clark, Head of Beach Services, who's been um, right in the thick of this from the start, and our own Blake Solly, CEO. Uh, we're just waiting for that final tick of approval for the DA. 
and they think that's not too far away in the coming days and they're going to uh, announce that the first shovel is going to go on the ground in June, boys, for our Centre of Excellence over there at Heffron Park and that's going to be a massive boost for the club going forward. Uh, facility valued at $60 million. We believe there's uh, four contractors, four builders um, in the bidding for it, and they've all got experience in building around Australia. So how exciting, boys. It's going to be huge. We've never had that before. At Redfern, we had the Lees Club, and it was half built, and we never had this base that we can truly call the Rabbitohs home. So it's going to be sensational. Not only um, is it going to be great for the area, but it's going to attract players from other areas. Yeah. You know, know, it's really exciting times. With the Centre of Excellence getting built and all the other programs that they've got in place that we've spoke about uh, here on the podcast. And also, Brownie, you've got a message from your former club, the Waterloo Waratahs. Yeah, I certainly have. Uh, Their first trial game will be on the 21st of March at King George Park. Now, all ages are being played, under fives, sixes, sevens, eights and nines. Also, the 11s plus A grade. Uh, The A grade will kick off at 2.40. And um, they still need some players down there. For any listeners out there that have got kids in the area, uh, boys or girls, it doesn't matter. They're looking for more players to come down and play in them age groups. Uh, There'll be a flyer that'll be put on our webpage uh, with all the information. So for the great old club, Brownie, good to see them thriving there. I I can remember playing at Waterloo Oval against the Waratahs. They were Parramatta jerseys. Yeah, and uh, there was a bit of a star in the other team. His name was uh, Richard Bell. Never went on to bigger and better things, but I remember he tackled me once. I nearly ended up in the grandstand. Yeah, absolutely flogged me Mm. out Mm. there. Well, there's been some good players come through the Waterloo Waratahs. None other than the great Craig Coleman. Tugger was a a Waterloo Waratah junior himself, and uh, they were very strong back in the day. And they're trying to get back to that level now. They've only just rejoined the comp over the last few seasons. Last season was a bit of a hiccup with COVID and whatnot, so they're trying to get their numbers back up, so they're out looking for all the players. They're also sponsored by the great the George Hotel. Oh, there you go. Plenty of stories in that uh, oh. that venue. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at that. The A-grade team. Have they had an A-grade team? They haven't it's had a long a, time. I uh, mean, one of our listeners could let us know that, but I'm sure the A-grade team will uh, wet, wet the whistle when once, they've, they've a, once they've finished a game at the George. They've just uh, announced that Brendan Williams will be the coach of the A-grade. Okay. Former great rugby union player sevens over in Italy yeah, yeah in Italy played uh, played over there for many years I think he might have been a, a La Perouse junior but yep. he's going to be coaching the Waterloo Waratahs and just on the George Hotel boys they sell the great young Henrys do they on tap oh, they on do tap. they've got a big what sign there the red and green sign outside the pub yeah that's a red and green pub great establishment oh, and yeah. fond memories of Waterloo over for me too played there for years and years and it'd get Rock hard in the middle like the old snake. Cricket pitch. Like a cricket pitch. So you get a bit busted there, but just fun times playing there. Your your friends and family in the stands. and Be packed, wouldn't it? Be packed. Yeah, yeah. the old Waterloo Waratahs. And maybe just on that, I used to play against you in the C and D grade there. Waterloo versus Rovers. What some great battles were had on that oval. There you go. go. I spent many a night there with a couple of long necks riding the skateboard ramp next door there. There you go. Yeah. 
In other news, the Connect, Respect and Resilience program has been created with the assistance of Russell Crowe and James Packer. Now, it'll be run by Jan Earl, a good friend of the show. She's a lovely lady who does some magnificent work behind the scenes providing mental health care for the players and staff. Now, I spoke to Jan the other day at the Pathways and she said she really loves working with the Pathways guys. She's got a soft spot for the Harold Mats and the SG Ball boys. And, but not only that, she helps everyone at the club. And mental health is an important thing it's a good program brownie it is definitely it's uh she's so passionate about her role there mm. and she's doing a great job and like you just said uh, mental health is an important role in uh in today's society not only rugby league but society itself yeah well the nrl makes every single club in the nrl spend a minimum of 350,000 in that department so most of them just sort of teeter around that but South are going to tip in a million dollars so they're going above and beyond to to create great young men coming through and young women mm. in the women's team as yeah. well they've recognised that, that it's an important thing and it builds a great culture in the club so we're leaving no stone unturned with all these programs at the mighty club the South Sydney Rabbitohs and how confident would you be in a, as a parent sending your player to the Rabbitohs knowing that they've got all these programs put in place. It's going to be big for recruitment, Brownie, going yeah. forward, no doubt about it. OK, let's chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. OK, Spotlight on the Pathways brought to you by What If. It's Aussie for travel, boys. Now, a big congratulations to Bo Falloon. We're down there at Redfern Oval on Saturday. The Harold Mats uh, had their first win of the season. And what a great game it was, too. I thought they played really well, chaps. Showed a bit of resilience there. They were sort of down 10-8 at halftime. And probably North would have had the better running of the game up until then. But the boys dug in there, dug deep. And the game was sort of broke wide open by young find... Tyrone Munro, the cousin of Josh Adokar, the Fox. And and they just they, they just hung in there, hung in there, and, they, and in the end they just busted it open and had a big win. 32 points to 14, boys. And uh, in particular, we spoke to Bo after the game, and I thought maybe Tyrone Munro would have been the man of the match, but he said he'd give it to young Daniel Wright, the winger. Scored a couple of tries down the outside. You videoed one of them, maybe? I did. I shot some footage and... I just happened to be standing there when young Daniel scored and they all piled in because the joy of winning their first game, these young blokes, it was quite a good moment. And I'm going to share that on the episode webpage if you haven't had a look. I also took some images and a good one I got was behind Bo and Eddie Payer. Eddie Payer, the blue shirt. And I, and I said this as the caption that you wouldn't find a better coach and blue shirt combination anywhere across the junior league. No way. The two fine young blokes both played first grade. So our Pathways teams have got some great people behind the scenes. Yeah, just on the win, I don't don't think it was a surprise. We spoke to Joe here last week, and the boys have been competing well in in the games that they've lost. And, uh, you know, they would have been going out there expected to win that game. And they went on and and done a great job, even though it was only their first win. They've got a bye next week, so that's that's basically a four-point win. Yeah, and they've played some of the toughest teams in the comp, as we've touched on the Penrith of the world, the Manlys. They've got some really big, exciting young talent. They'll go close to winning at those two, so that you can sort of 
give them a little little rap for that. Yeah, I spoke to Bo after the game, and he said, "What it'll do, it'll give them a lot of confidence going into the our next game and at training as well. It'll lift mm. their spirits at training, knowing that they've got that win, mm. um, and you know they can strive for another one uh, when they play the Bulldogs in a couple of weeks' time." It was good for Bo too because I mentioned on the show last week I really felt for him after that loss the week before and to see the smile on his face after they won I was just happy for him because he's, he's a great mate of ours terrific bloke and yeah. happy for him Eddie and all the support staff there's plenty of them there yeah. behind the scenes from the juniors that are helping this team to win all the way down to now, little yeah. Charlie Rabbit Char- yeah. and they lifted Charlie they lifted up Charlie yeah. on, yeah. on, his sh- on their <laughs> shoulders I thought, I thought they popped a rib on him because he was touching <laughs> in a rib when he came down but they yeah. like threw him in the air. Seemed like he pulled up all right. Now, the SG ball, they sort of rested a couple of players who had niggling injuries because uh, Norths aren't travelling too well. Davey Moali, Byron Parnell, Talis Duncan, Tyrell Colacolo, they all sort of Dion sat out. Taupa. And Dion, the, the, the young half. And mate, they only just got home, boys. 62 points to six. <laughs> just just slightly got home. And uh, how did you see that one, boys? They, they were pretty, pretty impressive, weren't they? Mate, they're a good side, the SG ball. And... Uh, a lot of reports going around that they're going to be there when the whips are cracking at the end of the season. And yeah, you know, I thought Louis Grosme had, had a great game as, on that left edge as well. And them two centres, chaps. Geez, they're good players. Oh, they were good. The, the two centres, and obviously the the wingers have reaped the rewards. Obviously, Evan Manning and Carson Ko have reaped the rewards. But those two centres, I spoke to Evan Manning's father, Shane, who's involved in the behind-the-scenes there. He's on the sidelines and helping everyone out there. Um, well, the first one is Joseph Carapani. He come over from New Zealand, so he's just been a bit of a recruit from New Zealand. He's an absolute powerhouse, real powerful centre. Not much on in front of us, and he, he barged two blokes out of the way and passed it off to young Carson, and who, who scored. He's he done that a number of times. And the, the guy on the other side of the field is a real fleet-footed guy, and he's a local junior mm. from the Coogee Wombats. Uh, Faresa Palu. Now, I'm not sure if he's related to the former Waratah uh, Wycliffe Palu but uh, he looks a, a terrific fine mate now what about Evan Manning young Manning he, young he'd Manning love had, playing had outside three, him scored three hat-tricks this year that's what I meant he scored he'd, four yesterday so he's he'd have to be leading the try score wouldn't oh, he oh yeah yeah he's leading the try he's got a lot of toe too hasn't he he's very quick powerful I know he's done a lot of work over there with uh, Roger Fabry in the off season he does yeah and uh, that that's put a lot of a lot of spark into his uh, speed. And he works very hard. Yeah, no doubt about it. No, that was an impressive win from the boys, and they'll freshen up. Both of the boy, uh, both of those boys' teams have got to play a pretty tough Canterbury side in a few weeks. So they'll get get all the bodies right and, and see how they're faring in yeah. a couple of weeks, boys. We'll let you know the time and the venue where that'll be played at um, in two weeks' time. This week's Remembering a Rabbitoh brought to you by Export Freight Systems with thanks to South historian Brad Ryder. For all your exporting needs, send an email to ian at efsau.com.au. This week's Remembering a Rabbitoh is Ian James Moyer. Rabbitoh number 408, born on the 17th of July, 1932, passed on the 19th of September, 1990, aged 58. Now, he played with the Rabbitohs from 1952 right through to 1958, and he was a freak try-scoring winger. He was a beach sprit champion. He also played in three straight grand final wins for the Rabbitohs between 53, 54 
and 55, scoring five tries in those grand finals, including a hat-trick in the 1953 grand final win over St George boys, 31 points to 12. That's a big effort, hat-trick and a GF. Yeah, has many players done that? Well, I don't think many have done it. We had a bit of a look. In 1929, Rabbitohs flyer Alf Smacker Blair got a treble. And in the same game, Reggie Williams got a treble when we put the, the blue bags away. And just another bloke that did it was Reg Gaznia. The oh. immortal Reg Gaznia scored a hat-trick. So he's in good company. Puff the magic dragon. Yes. Oh, he's a freak to see in Moyer. My dad used to talk about him all the time as one of the, one of the real great wingers he's ever seen. So he went on to represent New South Wales and Australia on, on numerous occasions. Uh, he's also in the South Sydney Team of the Century. He's go. just a, he's an immortal of our club, boys. Mm. And we dug up a video that the Rabbitohs made and we shared it on our YouTube channel. And it shows a bit of the old footage of Ian Moyer in full flight. So you can just imagine back in the day, scoring five tries in a game, hat-tricks in the grand final, a flying machine, couldn't get near him. And I think there's a story goes, chaps, that Clive Churchill used to like going down his side. He preferred that side. Yeah, well, they, they worked extremely hard on a little flick pass. Clive Churchill would sort of bend the corner, as the likes of James Tedesco and that do today, and Latrell Mitchell. And he'd just line up uh, Ian Moyer on that left side and just flick it out to him, and over he go. And even more remarkable that Les Brennan was on the other wing. And even though the little master didn't want to favour his side, he still scored millions of tries as well. Oh, imagine having those two wingers in your team. <laughs> Freakish. So, yeah, he was an absolute flyer, a beach sprint champion, just like Damien Cook and yours truly. But uh, <laughs> um, We knew you'd get a mention. <laughs> got a mention, thrown it in there. We but... had a lot of flyers. Michael Cleary was another flyer. Yep. Oh, yep. He represented uh, Australia at the Commonwealth Games. Yep. And Moyo kept his pace in the later years because... He showed his old magic when he won the New South Wales Veterans for 50- to 54-year-olds in the 100-metre championship, running 12-7 in, 1980, in 1988. 12-7 at 50 years of age? Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad going. Yeah, well, That's I'm, flying. Well, I'm 53, and I don't think I get anywhere near 12-7 now. Maybe I'll be lucky to break 20 seconds. <laughs> you had 12 re- seconds to get out of this garage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't reckon my Mitsubishi Sigma was doing 12-7 in 1988. <laughs> And he was just a try-scoring freak, freak Mavo. You're talking about 105 tries in 110 games, a percentage of 95.5%. He would score a try in a game. And it put, it put it this way, if we did it to Cameron Smith, who played 430 games, Cameron Smith would have scored 410 mm. at that percentage. It's some, Strike rate. it's some record. I mean, to play 100, over 100 first grade and score in just about every game, mm. that's huge. It's phenomenal. There's not many players in the history of this great game can say they've done that. And back in the day then, the game was very defence-orientated as well. So, you know, to score so unlimited many tries. Unlimited tackles and all that. That's right. Yeah, well, maybe the unlimited tackle thing helped him because they had the ball all the time. Mm. The other side couldn't get it. Yeah, well, couldn't get the pill. But Especially if your forward pack was strong. And that 50s forward pack was, was unbelievable. Now, he mm. sits fifth on the all-time try-scoring list of the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs behind the likes of Nathan Merritt, Benny Wearing. Our own Alex Johnson and Bob McCarthy, boys. And Harold Horder sits just behind him at 102. And he scored five tries for the Mighty Rabbitohs. And not many have done that. I think Harold Horder's done it. Nath Merritt. Alex, AJ. Alex, and AJ. AJ's done it twice, yep. Yeah. And he'll be doing it again a few times this year. A bit of luck. Indeed. 
Anyway, guys, plenty more great players to feature on Remembering a Rabbitoh. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrow Real Estate. Now, boys, we've seen Ken Smith at Mudgee. Charlie. Yeah, Charlie Smith at the Charity Shield last weekend. And he said they're really happy with the new Malabar office there next to Crazy Chicks. So, yeah, Malabar, it's come along in leaps and bounds. Like back in the day, no one wanted to live there. They had the jail. They had the pollution going straight into the bay. And now it's turned Me, the Million dollar suburb. Million dollar oh, suburb. More. All these joints out there are two million plus. So I wish I lived there. I love I love having a swim at the pool there or I go boat ramp to boat ramp across having a swim. Yep. When I'm in better nick than I am now. And uh, mate, you can even have a surf there if there's a big swell on. It's a great place. It's got some great shops. Something um, got washed up there the other day on the beach, I, I think. think. I think it was yesterday, yeah. Um, some bloke had a metal detector out and he, it, it beeped off and there was a, a fishing net with a few um, hooks on it wrapped around a kilo of cocaine. Some blokes just dug it up, 27-year-old bloke, handed it to authorities. So wow. It's a bit, of a bit of a strange one, but anyway. Not only do NG Farrah cover the Malabar suburb, they cover Matraville, Chifley, Little Bay, La Perouse. Out there at Little Bay, where where the coast golf course is, that whole new development, which was sold by NG Farrow Real Estate, so a big area out there to cover, and Charlie is more than happy with him and Cameron Airly in the office out there at uh, next to Crazy Chicks the Malabar office. Yeah, indeed, mate. Now, um. We might get to our three bold predictions. Now, we did it on the show last year. If you're, if you're from the old network, um, the Rabbitohs Radio Podcast Network, we had three, and who won it last year? I, I, can you refresh me memory? Yeah, chaps, you, yeah, got, it. you we, got the chocolates. Did, got you one, get, did you get all three? I only got one. But one out of three. Oh, well, that's not yeah. bad. Well, that's yeah. one more than we got. We've got to yeah. go out on a limb here well, now. I'm confident this year. Yeah, I'm going to kick us off. I might go to Mavo because I know he's chomping at the bit. All right, so... Redemption. Number one, this is in consultation with Dickie Maven, and also we agree with Matty Johns. Our top four is South, the Storm, Raiders, and the Panthers. So our bold prediction is that the Chooks will miss the top four. So that's your prediction number one. Prediction number one. So the Chooks, write that down, chaps, boys. Yeah, I'll write that down, yeah. Would you be happy with that, chaps, if that if that was to come true? Oh, what? Yeah, well, I've actually backed the... Roosters that have the most. No, locks. it's not. It's not your go. No, no, no. But this, this is just a bet I had. I'd um, twenty on them to have the most losses. They're eighty to one. I think. You're like Mark Ellison. <laughs> you, you got five, six predictions. <laughs> I'm not predicted, and I've just, I've just had a bet on it. That's all. Okay, so the Roosters have the most losses. That's <laughs> okay. You're ruthless. My second pick is that after the round thirteen bye, we will win the last twelve regular season games leading into the finals and go all the way and win competition number twenty-two. So wow. undefeated for the last 12 rounds, you're saying? That's right. Now, I've had a look at the draw. I'm not just picking it. Our, our draw running in, we play you know, teams like the Titans and the Dragons, I think it is. I can't remember from off the top of my head, but we also play the Roosters, so we can chalk that one up as well. So <laughs> that's a run into the finals. That's number two. Put that down, chaps. Yep. yep. And number three, Keon Kalamatangi will play Origin this year. Well, wow, that's a bold prediction. Yeah, I like he's that. capable of it. No, oh, no, no doubt about that. He wouldn't look out of place the oh, way no. he's going. Like, I think they said when he scored that try in the charity shield, Brandy or someone said he's 115 kilos. He runs like the wind. He's great footwork. He's got great footwork. He's standing in front of him out there. <laughs> on your own, a halfback or something. Mate, that's no, it's a got, daunting. He's got, he's got a big future. He's been on the show. We love the kid. 
good luck this year, mate. Great family too. Great family. Now, Brownie, what about your three, mate? Okay, mine are all Rabbitohs related because I just think we're going to dominate this season. I'm very excited about the 2021 season ahead. And I'm going to say my first prediction was last year. I said this same prediction, and I thought he was a bit unlucky. But I think Latrell Mitchell will play origin. He will find form and force his way back into the state of origin team, which he was unlucky not to do last year. Yep. I mean, yep. origin was played at the end of the year, and he was just starting to hit his straps. And yep. I think he would have forced Freddie to, to pick him in the origin. He'll probably play centre. I don't think he'll force James Tedesco out of the fullback role. Oh, no. Um, mm. But he will definitely be in the centres where he'll be a standout as well. Mm. I just think he's uh, he's all class, our Latrell Mitchell, and he's in for a big year ahead. It's not that bold, though, is it, chaps? Because I think he's probably a walk-up start last year. And uh, anyway, he was a we'll, walk-up. We'll accept it. Yeah. We'll ex- we'll accept I don't it. think he was a walk-up because, you know, what happened to him the year before. Yeah. He was yeah. sort of like, he was dropped. Defensively, but he was sort of all over the job. Yeah, but game, I, from he? what I was gathering, that him and Freddie had made amends, and Freddie yeah. was, oh, I think he might have been there. But anyway, yeah. we'll never know, and let's just move on. Okay. What's it's number a, it's two? a bit iffy, but we'll go to number two. Number two, <laughs> Rabbitohs to win the minor premiership. Yep. I think we'll be consistent all year round. Had a chat with JD. Uh, they've got some big plans through the origin period because they know they're going to lose a couple of players through that period. Uh, they've got a pretty good draw, he indicated, the teams that they'll be playing. And he even said that uh, they might be able to even rest some of their players through that period. So okay. I think the Rabbitohs will win the minor premiership. All right, well, that's uh, Penrith for 5.25 to win the premiership. South of 5.50, second favourites, only slightly. So... Again, chaps, I don't know how bold that is, but <laughs> we're going to take, we're going to accept it because That's we love, we love. He's this on the front foot this year because yeah. we got up him last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about his one from last year? <laughs> our forwards, our forwards will dominate. dominate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? And they did. So <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it was a grey area. It was a grey area. <laughs> and I think we'll be the 2021 Grand Final winners. So mine are all related to the Rabbitohs. I know they're not too bold. But I'm just super excited about 2021 and they're my predictions. I can't see anything else happening with them three predictions. No, well, they're good predictions too, mate. It'll bring a smile to every listener here and us as well. So we, well done, Darren. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, sweet, Brownie. Grant, well, what well have done, you got? Mate. Well, mine are all South related, of course. <laughs> but My first prediction is Latrell Mitchell will lead line break assists and try assists for the entire NRL this year, boys. He is going to dominate in that number one jersey from start to finish. Well, if you get your prediction number one, I'll get my prediction number one. Because if he's leading that, he will be in the origin well, team. Yeah. Well, well Mavo always thinks we're gang- ganging up on him anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> we've only got what to, else is different? We've only got to look at what he did with that beautiful ball in the charity shield when he was held up, waited for Cody, and just slipped it around the back. Oh, Plenty even, more of that. Even the first one. Or he, he, yeah. Oh, the one we, we put just, straight on Jackson's uh, yeah. chest. Ball out in Before front. Poor winger for the drags. Just threw <laughs> it at the right time. Yeah, so, yep, like and, that one, like it. And my second one is Blake Taff will debut this year for the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs, boys. Taffy. 
Good prediction. Yeah. Taffy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah I thought and, it, and I, all coaches that we've spoken to have just had high mm, praise for him. In, mm, in, and in the, the players. And, and the players. The players. Joe, are, Joe was sort of comparing him to uh, Ryan Pappenhausen in Melbourne, which is mm, you know, yeah. unbelievable yeah. praise. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone who saw the charity shield could see that he was looking dangerous. Mm. Commentator said yeah. it. You could see it. It was there for all to see. Got a lot of speed. Mm. And, he, and Joe's right. Yeah, he's a Ryan Pappenhausen type of player. And I love yep. that family now, the Taft family. Yeah, good lads. We had a couple of beers with them in Mudgee, and they're proud as punch. And so they should be. So they should be. And the other one is not only will we be premiers, we'll win this grand final 13+. plus. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh that's a bit bolder. So mine and yours are quite similar. Well, he's one up to you, Brownie. So you, you'll get, you know... You could be right, and then he might not be right. But he could be taking us for lunch, chaps. <laughs> hey? Yep. All right. Let's preview the Storm game now. This monster clash, the season opener, and my brother Greg has bought some tickets. He's heading down to Melbourne. First time he's going to be in the stadium to watch the Bunnies down in Bleak City. Well, plenty of people are going down. Brendan Talisky's heading down. Yep. Yeah, Kieran, I, I was Kieran gonna. Macklin, a couple of listeners of the show, they're all heading down there. I was going to make the trip down there. I only pulled out a couple of weeks ago due to COVID and what's going on. I just can't afford to be cancelled. Yeah, or we'll get stuck. Not not so much get stuck down there, but uh, you know, an, an incident happened or something happens, and you come back up here and you got have to quarantine. So I, yeah, I just played the safe trip. There's been a bit of controversy over the tickets. Has he got a ticket, your brother? He did, yeah, and he rang the. He rang the storm officers and he said, oh, what's going on? He said, oh, I was just going to come down and buy a ticket at the gate. They said, well, if you did that, you wouldn't be getting in. You've got to pre-purchase your tickets. That's how we're doing it this year. So, yeah. If you well, they're st- forcing people to become members of the club, of the Melbourne Storm Club, to get tickets at one stage. Oh, right. And I think the NRL had to intervene, which is it's not fair because, you know, the, our borough will be down there. The borough. I think you they, have they to. They go to every away game. Yeah, well, Josh sh- Kemp and the boys. Yeah, and, well, shout out Mark to the Rainer, borough. They'll, they'll be down Mark there. Right. So, shout out to the borough. Damo Batty. I think you have to get a travel document as well. Yeah, you might have Clearance? to. Clearance? Yeah. I yep. think you do. So just that's, that's the commitment that our fans show. And just before we move on to the teams that we're going to preview, shout out to the borough, our friends in the borough. Shout out to all our former players in Spa and across the, across the country and also to South Cares, Alicia and Buddy for the work they do in the community because we're connecting the Rabbitohs community here right across Australia and around the globe. On the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. Correct. So let's have a look at this team. Now, the Souths have announced a team that's a likely team, and we think that might be it. So what are your thoughts there, boys? Well, it looks like that Jackson Paulo is going to miss out, so he must be desperately unlucky to miss oh, out for, for the source. But, you know, Josh is a is an established man, and he's been a big signing for the club. Experience, too. We're coming up against the Melbourne Storm, who are the premiers. And uh, like you said, Mavo, Jackson can probably think himself very unlucky. I thought he was really good in the charity shield, but oh, mm. Josh Mansour, mm. a very experienced player and uh, comes with some great, he brings great stats to his game. And the other th- thing is that Liam Knight looks like he hasn't recovered from a head knock. Now it's solved the problem this week about who's going to miss out and at this week it's going to be Liam Knight because you can't have 18 in the squad and with Liam coming back, someone may have to miss out. Now, Mark Nichols has kept his spot in the side. Jacob Host has forced his way into the starting lineup. So it's a strong outfit. Obviously, the back line speaks for itself. Speaks for itself. And then the forwards, like we said before, Jacob Host, we spoke to Renault about him last week. And he said when he came to the club, 
and we weren't sure what he was going to bring. He was maybe a fringe first grader, played 50 first grade. Now he looks like he's forced his way into this gun South Sydney side in the second row with Jaden Sewer and pushed maybe Keon to the bench. But Keon's good off the bench anyway. And I suppose a few surprises was Jacob Host, and we've spoke about that on the show. But also on episode one on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network, we also had the little tip off Mark Ellison, the Rhino, that Benji has won a spot on the bench, jumper number 14, and, and, that's, mm. and that male was spot yeah. on. It's come to fruition, and he can cover a number of positions. Yeah. And Joy Arrow not starting. I know he's on big money. That doesn't entitle you to a position. Uh, he might force his way in there at some stage. But he's also... Um, you, where's he going to play, do you think? Um, oh, look, I, I think he'll play in the middle. I've had uh, some chats with the coaching staff, and they've indicated that Joy will play in the middle. But once again... Push comes to shove, and he needs to play on an edge. They'll play him on an edge. Mm. I know Keon uh, played on the edge the other night and went really well, so he will probably be the edge player, and, and Jai will be the middle, the middle player with Mark Nichols. So you think that when Thomas or Junior come off first, you, you've got to think Jai goes straight into the middle, and that, they'll sort of rotate in there with Cam mm. Murray. Cam well, Murray's going to play. I reckon he'll play upwards of seventy minutes. Well, it's a rock, it's one. a rock solid middle, then, isn't it? Like our oh, middle what? is just yeah. Very mobile. You're not, you're not going to lose anything when Jai comes on, you know, so it's just going to be... Jai and Cam defensively. Good. I don't think anyone in the NRL can put them two blokes yeah. out there. Yeah. Rocks all the middle. And blokes like Jaden on the edge and Jacob Host running all arms and legs like Renner described him on the edge. He's, he's a damaging runner of the football and he put a great shot on in the charity shield too, if you remember, in the second half, Jacob. He put his dropped his shoulder in and so he's a great defender too. Yeah, no, he's uh, a lot of wraps on Jacob. He... Come to the club just being a fringe player, and now he's forced his way into a starting position. But what about our backline boys? From one to seven, arguably the most attacking and most potent backline in the competition. You've got Latrell Mitchell at fullback, who I believe is probably one of the best players in the game on his day. You've got Alex Johnson, who was the leading try scorer last year. And didn't even play the first two games. Come off the bench in the first two games, if you remember. And yeah. went on to be the leading try scorer. Yeah. Josh Mantor. Well, we just spoke about Josh, and his stats speak for himself. He's a leading oh. run meter. Mm. Leads, leads the hit-ups. Post-contact. 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 Top so five in all those categories. So he's got the best stats for any winger in the game. There's a bloke called Dan Gagai. He Dan might have, might have heard of him. Well, I thought he was one of the form centres last year and through the origin period was probably one of the best players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Campbell Graham, an up-and-coming local junior. The Beanpole. The Beanpole. What, what a player. What a player. We missed him in that semi-final last year. Don't worry about that. Oh, Definitely. What? Yeah. Cody Walker, who is the incumbent New South Wales 5'8", and by the looks of it, has lost... No form from last year with uh, his form in the charity shield. Well, a hat trick. Could he have played any better? Could he have yep. done any more? I don't think so. A hat trick in eight minutes. Like, that's not bad. <laughs> and our skipper, Adam Reynolds. What do you say about Adam Reynolds? Love, love him, Renner. Yeah. Yep. Like you said, chaps, he had a hand in all four of them tries last week. His kicking game is the best in the business. He was putting bombs out from the 50-yard line. Landing Lennon, on a dime. A on a dime, mm. which was putting us in great position to start their sets. So from one to seven, we have just got the best backline of all time. The thing about our number seven, with the new rule change, where if you attempt a drop out, a drop goal, sorry, outside the forty, that's two points now. Two points. And he, he attempted one right on half time in the charity shield. If you he remember. did, he did. 
But he was about 50-odd out. He's yeah. about 55 out. Shades of the great Eric Sims, bringing back the memories of the, of the great man, how they oh. changed the rules. Okay. So, so let's look at the game now. The Storm are going for 20 in a row. They've won 19 first rounds in a row, dating back to 2000 and, 2001. <laughs> when Craig they, Bellamy, he's something else, isn't he? Yeah, dating back to 2001 when they lost to the Dogs. So we've got to stop them from winning 20 in a row. Now, now, in, now why do you think they've done that, boys? How, why, what, what puts them in that position to do that? Oh, the, the big, coach the big, just prepares them. The, the, coach, yeah. the big three. They had yeah. the big three. Yeah. And then the, you know, the big three and then a, a whole support cast of other teams. Yeah, my, 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 my uh, thoughts on that is... They don't go out and do anything too fancy. They just go out there and they look to to get to their kicks, complete their sets, exactly what we did the other night, 21 from 21. So if we can take our first half from the Charity Shield and put it into the first game against the Melbourne Storm on Thursday night, we're going to be in, in for a, a big show. Well, it helps. You don't have to do anything fancy when you've got some of the greatest players ever to play the game in your team. It allows you to do that. But now we have as well. So it's going to be a big clash. They're missing Harry Grant, who we're a big fan of on the show here, and also Dale Finucane, who is a gun. Does all the tidy out work, doesn't he, Dale? So t- yeah. Fantastic player. He's going yeah. to be sorely missed too. So like you said before, Brownie, they've lost Harry Grant, but they've brought in Brandon Smith, who is a fair replacement. Well, basically he's their third string hooker, wasn't he? So they've Cameron Smith from last year is not playing. Harry Grant, who went back to the storm, from the Tigers, got the spot over Brandon Smith, but got injured, and now third string hooker Brandon Smith. Probably not used to playing eighty minutes. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if they'll have someone on the bench to bring him off. He, he's a real, real impact player. Forty five, fifty minutes off the bench, back row. He plays everywhere. He's a dynamic player, isn't he? So mm. it'll be interesting to see how how they use Brandon. Whether they have someone to come mm. in and spell him for a bit. And yeah. what about another South Junior has just gone down to the Melbourne Storm? Another Smith. Remus Smith. Remus Smith. Yeah. yeah. You would have played with his old man. Yep. Yeah, played with his old man. And I've mentioned it on before. I coached Remus all through his career. And he's doing some good, really good things, Remus. And I wish him all the best. So it's going to be the start of the post-Cameron Smith era down in Melbourne. And it remains to be seen how they're going to go. He's touted as a future immortal. will probably be there. So it's going to be interesting, and let's hope we can get them down there. So Just what a are we quick up? one before yep. we move on. Um, no, they've won nine in a row. It's not as good, but, you know, Wayne Bennett is undefeated in round one as South Coast. It's only two, but we're claiming it. Well, yeah. that's oh, there something. You there you go. This could yeah. be three. He's on a hat trick. 19 in a row, it'd have to be a record, but records are there to be broken, boys. There to be we're, broken. We're due for a win, don't worry about that. Now, some predictions. What, what do you think of the game here, Mava? I think we're going to get them. I think... We might open them up, put about 28 on them. 28 to 10, I'll be happy with. Oh, that sounds pretty good. What about you, Brownie? Yeah, well, oh, look, I'm happy just to get a win, but oh, I think we'll be a convincing winner. I think we'll go down there and win by 14 points. Okay, you're going 13 plus, boys. Yeah, I'm going to go in a little tighter, a little tighter to the ruck, boys. I'm going to go 22 points to 16. A little little, little 1 to 12 margin there, I reckon, boys. We, we might... We might just come up against a pretty well-organised and pretty tough mob, and uh, I think we'll get over the top of them. Oh, we will, but that attacking back line and our forward pack, uh, which done a great job the other night in the charity shield, they'll take a lot of confidence out of that game. They've been training hard all off-season, and they're really looking forward to a big season and send Wayne off as a winner. Well, it's been a big show, boys. It's going to be a big year. 
So we'll just let our man Maroon take us away. And don't forget to rate and review and make the switch to the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel.